What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the First Timers Podcast Show, where we offer insight, tips, and advice for first-time or long-time home buyers, sellers, investors, and homeowners. I'm your host, Michael Timpani, Mikey T. Many, New Jersey licensed home inspector, builder, investor, homeowner, and licensed real estate agent. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at First Timers Podcast Show. So I am super excited for season two especially but also to have the opportunity to do these uh new jersey real estate professional spotlights and today i have on someone that is a great guy a great friend uh, a, a ball of positivity and great energy my dude a uh, great mortgage person. I got to throw that in there. But my man, Pete the Preacher Riley. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> What's going on, Mike? Thank you so much for an opportunity, man. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Oh, Pete the Preacher. We're going to get into that in a minute. Because, I mean, I have to hear the story about why you are Pete the Preacher. Um, but before we get into all that, and and um, I know you were, you were on last my last season, um, and and we talked about some stuff, but a lot of stuff has changed since uh, we've we've gotten together. The market's changed. Um, your title has changed. So 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 many things have changed. But there might be people that are listening now that don't know who you are. So before we get into all those other nuances. Um, Give everyone, you know, your your you know your short story of who you are, uh, you know, as a person, as as Pete. Before we get into the mortgage end of things, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, uh, first and foremost, I'm a dad, a husband, a wrestling coach, uh, Pastor Pete. You know, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, mortgages has been something I've been in the industry for about five years now, and things have changed a lot. And just trying to adapt with the times has really been the biggest thing and made a change to a different company that was really all about the process. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you and I both know it's really about the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's a, it's a big accomplishment to say that you've been in the business for five years. True. I mean, like most people don't realize in in the real estate world, two years kills off probably 80 plus percent of everybody in the real estate world. Mortgage wow. people, especially agents. I think agents have like an 80% plus, uh, you know, failure rate. Wow. Where they end up, you know, just not doing work or becoming referral agents or something like that. Um, so it's, it's hard to say that you've been in, you know, what to, once you hit that five year mark, I think it, it really, you feel like you're kind of in your stride, you know what you're doing and you've already probably handle a lot of the hurdles of of budgeting your money because most people don't realize real estate professionals <laughs> they don't get a paycheck every week you don't or an agent doesn't so unless you're closing deals you're not getting paid and um so that that i think is the hardest part of hitting the five-year mark and uh, congratulations for for doing it man oh, absolutely man deal. thank you so much i think wrestling has a lot to do with that because you're gonna have these obstacles and and it's funny when you see real estate as an outsider you see like the glamour you see you know the nice cars all these different <laughs> yeah, things and it's right. like those people that are attaining that stuff number one they're like only like the one percent mm-hmm. you know small percentage actually doing it but those people are grinding and those people are overcoming adversity and uh wrestling really taught me that you know you're not always going to win and, and the times that you lose you got to try to just pick yourself up and learn from it and real estate has had ways of breaking me down i have been weighed sure. down but it just seems like the story of my life so far as any sort of down moments seem to bring a lot of good. Absolutely. So we saw a lot of down and it was like when the pandemic hit, um, it seemed like mortgages became essential, um, you know, back in March. And it was just like the values were high, the rates were low. And it was like, okay, let's go, mm-hmm. you know, time for refis. So we had refis and purchases going on at the same time and things were crazy. Um, but yeah, just kind of overcoming those obstacles, overcoming that adversity and, and just keep staying the course and stay at it and, and just do right for the people. Uh, that's been my number one goal since I walked into it and I'm not changing for anybody. Yeah. I mean, it- 
You know, it, it is so difficult for me to explain to so many people, um, you know, the the hard work that an agent puts in to to be that top 1%. Mm-hmm. It's not easy and it's not for everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's people that, like you said, they're pulling in a ton of money, but they are grinding nonstop. I mean, these people live real estate, you know, mortgages, uh, realtors, whatever. They're frigging, they're going nonstop, like to obtain that. And then there's other people that are great at faking the funk on, on Instagram and make True. you believe, you know, whatever it is. And, and listen, that's all good, you know, cause they're, they're trying to market themselves, you know, but to, to be successful in this business, it, it's, it's, it's hard work. It's especially for you guys. It's, you know, you don't realize how many mortgage people there are out there until you become a mortgage person, right? True. I didn't realize how many real estate agents there were until I got my license. Exactly. And then I'm like, holy crap, there's a friggin' I think half of my friends list is realtors. You know? I feel like the same thing happens when you get a new vehicle. So uh, yep. like we got a Kia Sorento. And I didn't even know what a Kia Sorento was. Now I see Kia Sorrentos everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like now, now I'm noticing friggin' I'm like, hold, how didn't I know there was 10 home inspectors oh, within yeah. five miles of my, right? my you location? See signs Everywhere. Yeah, like, now suddenly everyone's a home inspector. Right. Like, like what the hell? They they told me in school there wasn't that many home inspectors. They're they, everywhere. They all live in Monmouth County, I guess. <laughs> so it, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's grueling work to stay in business that long because you're in your own business. It you know whatever brokerage you're in as a mortgage person, people are coming to you for you. We we just discussed this. I mean it it comes down to um your sphere trusting you and. Eventually, after long enough, you're going to, you know, uh, outwork many of the other people that are out there and they're, you're going to be the guy that they go to. Even if they didn't go to you on their first purchase, their second purchase, they're coming to you. You know, you've hit that five year mark and that's where you're getting people that are refining and all this other stuff. If they're refining with you and not with the person they got their original mortgage with, what does that tell you about that situation? Absolutely. And it's the same thing with like family members. Like now I was doing purchases and refis for the kids that are kind of around my age. And now I'm doing purchases and refis for the parents, whether they're downsizing or, you know, uh, going from a 30 to a 15 year, whatever it may be. But yeah, I'm seeing exact, I'm seeing exactly that right now. Yeah. Which, uh, it, it's hard to give yourself a pat on the back every now and again, but I just kind of have to take a deep breath and say, wow. Cause I had to overcome a lot of obstacles, man. It was really, really tough in the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, my son was only like a few months old when I first got licensed and I was still bartending. And I mean, it was a grind. I mean, it broke me down so many different times, but, uh, just stayed the course, stay at it stay at it, keep going. And then now I'm just, I have all these different people that are reach out to me and, you know, singing my name in, po- in positive light. Um, there were a lot of one way streets too, over the course of the last few years, it was mm-hmm. like, I would always send people to certain, certain professionals and kind of never got much back. And now I have attorneys that are, that are sending me people like all the time. And I'm like, wow, thank you so much. Like, yeah, I really appreciate it. They're like, no, you, I mean, like, I trust that you're going to do the right thing by them. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great feeling. It I is. Mean, to to get the referral is like one of the best feelings in the world, right? It is. It is. Definitely. It seems like that's what we work towards. Yeah. You know? And and like there's never enough. There's never no. enough of them. But it but it, it feels almost better than I don't know, the random person that reaches out. When you have someone True. that was referred, that means that other person tr- like you said, truly trusted you and they trusted you enough that they're they're putting your name out there multiple times, yep. and uh, that that that's a testament to you. And and you know you should pat yourself on the back for that. That's that's a <laughs> that's a big thing. <laughs> I now, appreciate it. So I I want to get into how um you're you're big into wrestling. Um, anybody that'll follow you will see that you're big into wrestling. How has that you know your your foundation in wrestling? carried over into your professional life and how you handle the hurdles, the, the rough times, this, the, the hard situations, the, the rough clients, the, For sure. the clients that almost don't close or can't close or, you know, I mean, we've been through them all. We, you know, we, we had some, sure so, did. um, so how, how has that helped you professionally? 
you know, be able to see the big picture and, and also understand you're not always going to win. I mean, like I, I, I spoke to somebody a while back and, and they kind of said, you know, look for that discomfort, like look for the no, you know? So sometimes it's hard to kind of put yourself out there knowing that maybe someone's going to say no, but you know what? That's okay. Because you, you kind of need the no and, 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 um, to answer your question, like what wrestling taught me, like I was the kid under the bleacher that was crying after a loss, mm-hmm. you know, but just real quickly you're on deck. So like, you're just crying cause you just lost. And now like you have to find a way to go put forth your best effort, like pretty much instantly. Sometimes there's like a two hour break, but sometimes you're on deck like a half hour later after wow, you just yeah. lost. Um, so it's the same type of thing where I'll have a conversation on the phone. Something's not quite working out with a file, but then now I have somebody else on the phone that's so excited to do their purchase. So like yeah. my energy has to, has to still be with like the positivity and all these good things going on with it. It's a big purchase. You know, it's a big deal and people's emotions are, are in this, you know? So it's almost like the same type of thing where it's like, I have that conversation, like, you need to get your credit scores up. Like your credit scores are low. This is what we need to do. And then I'm right on the phone with somebody who's like, Hey, I'm under contract, blah, blah, blah. What do I need to do? So like my energy just went from like, Oh dude, I'm sorry. Like you need to get your scores improved to, Hey, let's do this. Yeah. Let's get it. I'm so, I'm so happy for you guys. So proud of you guys. So really just be able to, whether it's multitask or just be able to see the big picture all the time. I think my sons helped me see the big picture. Um, and that really makes it a lot easier for me. We're talking about five year mark and whatnot. Had I not have the two boys, I probably would have broke broken, you know, and, and those bending points when you feel like you're going to break and I see those faces, I'm like, you know what? I got this. I got this, you know, let's just stay the course. Let's just stay at it. Keep working, keep grinding and good things will come, but you know, be able to overcome adversity, be able to fail, you know, have things not work out. Life is not perfect. If you find me a perfect person, I'm going to find you a liar. (laughs) Yeah, There's not out there. And sometimes, you know, social media and stuff, we see these people, things look perfect, but sometimes when they're portraying something perfect, those are the ones that are, you know, not, you know, deep down inside. Unperfect. Yeah. The most unperfect. So it's just kind of finding that, you know, um, balance between the day-to-day highs and lows, ups and downs, and just be able to see the big picture. Now, you mentioned your boys, mm-hmm. and um, so how, how old's your oldest? My oldest is five. Five. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, you had a, a young, you had a baby at the time yeah. when you got into this. Mm-hmm. Um, what was you know the first year? The first year in real estate's a an sob man. It, right. It it kills you. How was that? You know trying to establish yourself in a, in a marketplace where there's millions of, there's like yeah. thousands of everybody yeah, and you have a baby um, and you're a phenomenal dad. So I know that, it, that. like, that is like, um, you know, your kids are your life mm-hmm. and my kids are my life. So I, I, I a hundred percent understand and appreciate that. And I think it's important for other people to to know that about you is is how much they are your life and and how and how you got from point a to point b now like how was that first year or two um with a baby establishing a business working a second job you know grinding it out probably nonstop trying to make relationships i mean that's how we ended up connecting right exactly exactly Uh, that first year was really tough um I was bartending basically four nights a week and still still going into the office without really being licensed and stuff, just kind of learning the day by day. Um, one of the biggest hurdles I had to go through was actually passing the test back then. Um, I, I would be able to see what was going on in the office. And then the book was a lot different than (laughs) what I was hearing day to day. So I'm like trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. And I was never really a good test taker. And I don't know if I was overthinking each question, but I was in the testing center crying after failing the test. It was like a wrestling match. It really does. It's like, here I am crying again. Like I gotta get my stuff together. Back under the bleachers. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and at the time, 
same, you know, being a young kid and, and going through sports and stuff, overcoming that stuff. I never realized that I would have those same type of emotions, that same failure and have to overcome it. Um, so passing the test was the biggest hurdle. Um, not burning the candle at both ends because wasn't really getting much sleep, you know, bartending. I was still kind of partying back then. Um, and just trying to, trying to figure things out, man. It was like, you know, there's, there, there's no, everything's so structured all through school, high school, whether you go to college or not. And then it's like, once that structure is over, it's like, you got to figure it out. Like yeah. the world is big and you know what? No one's going to hold your hand and say, here you go. Um, that guy, Bob Wall. He was really there for me on the good days and bad days. Mm -hmm. um, he he passed away, um, but he showed me so much, and it was more like he had seen so much. You know, he was he was older than me, and he had a son with autism, so like he understood like what was a big deal and what wasn't. Mm -hmm. So some of the things I was stressing about, he's like, dude, that's not a big deal. Like you're you're gonna get it, you're gonna figure it out, but. It's hard when someone says you're going to figure it out. You got to figure it out on your own. You have to, you know, make mistakes. You have to, um, you know, kind of fall short to be able to see like, okay, now I get it. This is what he was trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. My uncle, when I was in college, he's like, listen, I almost failed out of college. Just be careful. We're Irish. You like to drink. <laughs> be careful. And I'm looking at him like, yeah, no problem. Then before you know it, I'm on academic probation. And I say, man, I should have listened to Uncle Dave. Yeah, right. You know, so it's the same type of thing. And I, I have the same type of stuff as a coach now. I'm like, listen, I'm in my 30s. I was your age once. I'm just giving you the heads up here. I know how this ends. I know who you're <laughs> hanging out with. I yeah. know these things. I yeah. was there. Learn from my mistakes. But- then I'll get calls a few years later, coach, you were right, you know, blah, blah, blah. You have to learn on your own. You have to figure it out on your own. Unfortunately, like I was saying before, you kind of have to see the bottom to be able to appreciate, you know, all the good. Um, so it just battled so many, so many different things, health wise, drinking wise. I stopped drinking back then. Um, and coming up on six years, once my son turned six, it was about two months after that, about two months after he was born, I, I stopped drinking. And, 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 and that was tough. And that was, yeah. that was a one day, take it one day at a time type thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just take it one day at a time. We, we try to, to look at the big picture. We're always trying to improve and do better. And sometimes when you're looking so much towards the future that you're not focused on, on the day one right now, what's in my control, yes. you know? Yes. And that, and that's, that's huge is, is focusing on what can you control today? Right. You can't control five months from now. No. But you can by controlling today. Exactly. Today controls five months from now. So true. You know, but it's so hard when you're in the middle of, you know, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to figure it out. You're right. Getting yourself out of muck. Right. You know, and, and you're trying to climb yourself and, and do better. And, you know, you were lucky to have a good mentor, For you know, sure. to help you out there. And, and, um, and then you had a great foundation of, of being in wrestling and being, you know, you're obviously highly coachable, you know, and, and these are all great attributes that of course lead to success. I feel, yeah, you know, and, and I see the, in my, my oldest right now, he's doing football and Angelo is highly coachable. He's Good. passionate about it the same way you're passionate about wrestling That's huge. and he listens to coaches and that will all lead to something good down the road. It's no so matter true. you're going to, and there's no way you, I, him, or anybody could not face adversity in our life. There's always going to be something that's going to kick you in the nuts. Yep. And it's just figuring out how to get away, you know, out of that. And then when you have kids, it's, that's a whole nother level of stress. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like oh my god there's a little human being relying on me seriously <laughs> like if i don't make this happen they're not gonna eat yep. you know like what the f i i exactly. have i have no choice but to succeed in something exactly you know yeah so i mean that it's it's crazy you know especially when you're when you you really um embrace the father role and the dad role and that that's your passion, you know, absolutely. I think that that takes everything else in life into, to another aspect in another place. I don't know. Um, my views, I, I always say like success is different to different people. 
you know, so for some real estate agents or people in whatever business it's having, you know, the new Audi or the whatever car, like for me, it's how much time can I spend with my kids yes. and not have to work? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's it to me. Like yeah. if I could work less and spend more time with them now while I'm still cool to them, mm-hmm. yeah, then I'm going to do it because time is priceless. You can't ever get money back on time. So true. You know, it's like, and when you're a young parent, like you're trying to make money and, and become successful to do things. And then in reality, the time, which is the priceless thing, you've already given up for a dollar. You know, so which true. Anybody that's dying would probably give so much of what they did back. Absolutely. For some more time, you know, especially Absolutely. with their kids. And um, I know I'm going off on a no, tangent dude. here. But, but that, Speaking but, my language. Yeah, but that, that's, <laughs> I think the, re- the reason why I, like, I wanted to do these spotlights I mean, anybody could say, hey, this is Pete, you know, and he's with, you know, Dynasty Mortgage Network. And tell me about, you know, the APR, blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> what? No one gives a crap. Like, people are going to do business with you because they want to learn about you. They're, hopefully, there's somebody out there that's, like, connecting and they're saying, like, oh, crap. Like, I know what he's been through, you know? And I know, like, you know, I, I, I just, I relate. And and that's important. Um even even just you being a coach you know i i think that is you know that's telling of of the person you are because i've coached with my con- my my <laughs> with my son for um a, a while now and this year i didn't uh coach with him because he was getting into pads and i i figured he should uh yeah hear, th- yeah, hear from somebody else you yeah. know not me and and i wanted to be there to watch him exactly but, there's many parents out there. There's many people out there that can coach and they don't, and you choose to. Right. So how did you get into coaching? I got into coaching um, basically once I got out of college. I I ended up going to Walmart to uh, print pictures out randomly, and I run into my high school wrestling coach, and he's like, "Hey, we need a coach," and I was like, "Okay, like." I'm a waiter. Like I got time. <laughs> like sure, let's do this. And then um coming into my 13th season now coaching. So a lot a lot has changed in my life, but my coaching style has really stayed the same. It's basically have their back on the good days and bad, you know. Um have them enjoy the sport. Talk about overcoming adversity. I quit wrestling my junior year of high school. I was completely broken. Um, I, w- I would come home and my dad basically said like, dude, you don't have to do this anymore. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. You know? So I was completely broken. I ended up going back to wrestle my senior year, but like my journey was rough. And I, I started when I was young and, you know, I did it my whole life, but I had to figure, I had to figure it out. So I can relate to all the kids. Like I could see when a kid is bending and about to break. And like, sometimes you just need somebody to like build you up, you know? So I kind of like gassed the kids up. I'm kind of like the hype man. (laughs) Uh, They're the ones that started calling me positive Pete, just because like, you know, I coach the youth, but I also, I also coach in the high school. Last year was my first season as the head coach of the Howell youth program, but this is my sixth season coaching at Howell high school. And I had a different perception on what the program was all about because they have a lot of success. So I just figured, oh, a lot of success. Everything's probably great around here. And it's just like they needed somebody like me that was like, dude, you got this. Like, you know, even if it came down to you could see a kid would be like a deer in headlights before the match. That's how I would get. I would overthink before the match. I would be like completely exhausted before the match even started. Yeah. And now I'm like- From the inside out. Yeah. Yeah. Just exhausted. The match didn't even start yet. And I'm like worried, you know, so I could see all that stuff. You know, sometimes when people- are were really really good at wrestling it's hard for them to relate they don't know what that kid's feeling like they never felt that stuff they're like you know they they, went in there confident and yeah they had the mental game and they just dominated yeah whatever yeah like that wasn't me dude like i was scared you know (laughs) so um you know i'll see that in the kids and i'll say like listen you look like you're a little you know you seem like you're making this a little more than it needs to be like it's just wrestling we practice every day 
whether it's put on a fun song, go in the other gym sometimes helps. Like get out of this environment. This environment is hostile right now. Yeah. Go in the other gym, put on a good song that makes you feel good, bounce around a little bit, and don't make this more than it is. At the end of the day, what's the worst thing that can happen? You get pinned. That's okay. Your parents still love you. Yeah. Um, all right. What's the next best thing? Maybe you maybe you could possibly get injured out there. Okay. So you hurt your arm. A few weeks later, you're back at it. It's all good. It's going to be fine. Like, yeah. don't overthink it. Don't make it more than it is. Um, so, but the biggest, the biggest thing aside from seeing my coach at Walmart that day, and he said, we need a coach was a huge mentor in my life is coach Lonnie Morris up at Johnson and Wales. He created the wrestling program um, in the late nineties. And there were only four kids on the team. My time there, I was telling you about drinking, partying and stuff, academic probation. We packed up my whole dorm and we put it in, in my parents' car. And my mom's going, hit him, Pete. Hit him, Pete. I'm like, don't hit me. Don't hit me, dad. They were so pissed that I almost <laughs> I bet, just right? failed out of school. So I said, all right, I got to go down to academic probation over here. I have to meet with this woman. So let's see what happens. And I walked down. It was only like two blocks away. So we pack up my whole dorm. I walk down to academic services. I sit down with the woman and in comes Lonnie Morris. He didn't really know me because I was a freshman. He saw me in high school briefly. Um, and he basically said to the woman, I know this kid is a good kid. He's going to figure it out. Give him another shot. So I went from the day prior to that, walking past the army, the air force and the Marines. And I narrowed it down. I was going to make a choice where if I failed out, I was going to join the military. Mm -hmm. So there was a fine line right there between whether or not I was going to get another opportunity and being on academic probation and not being academically uneligible as I was a sophomore and sitting there and all my friends were on the wrestling team and sitting there and not having the gear, not feeling a part of it, it allowed me to get focused in the classroom. So had I not been on academic probation and had I not packed up my whole dorm, and if my coach didn't give me another opportunity, I don't even know how my story would have you know, gone because back then, 2004, if you joined the military, most likely you're going to Iraq, Afghanistan, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're going to war, you know? So I had that fear in the back of my mind and now it was like, okay, I can't go to the same parties because my friends were going to the same parties I was and they were getting straight A's. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the same parties you guys are. Like, what's yeah. the difference? Well, the well, difference they're, they're was- not, They're not tutoring parties. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the difference was like, I needed I needed to focus. Yeah. I, needed to, I needed to work. I needed to put more hours into the books than the people that were around me. Mm -hmm. That was really the bottom line. And I yeah. needed to get organized. Um, so a lot of the the lessons that I learned there, they, they came from Coach Morris. Coach Morris gave me an opportunity to come back to school. But what came with that was I had to be a personal aide for a guy who had cerebral palsy. So he basically said, I have this guy. I want you to go work with him. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I see the guy and he's got a bald head. His arms are behind his back. He's got speech issues. And I call him and I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, I, I can't, I can't even talk. Like, can't even talk to that guy. Like, he's like, just go back, just go back. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go back. But like, I don't know, man. So I end up becoming a personal aide for a guy who had cerebral palsy. That guy's name was Jay. He graduated from UConn as a free, and he was a freelance journalist typing with his toe. And he oh did 52 God. marathons in a wheelchair. Are you kidding me? Using one foot. It would take him like 12 hours. He'd be the first one to start the race and by far the last one to leave. I did the Providence downtown marathon with him and we started at 6 a.m. And that's a whole nother story, yeah. but I end up like pulling the rope that had him on there. But that guy, Jay, gave me all the perspective that I needed for the rest of my life. I have his name tattooed on my foot. So when things get tough, I look down. Yeah. We take a lot for granted on a daily basis. Yep. Not selfishly or for any other reason besides Just being in our own head. Yeah. yeah. Seeing this guy and seeing his attitude and the way he approached life and 
the obstacles that he had to overcome just from when, by the time you wake up, just to be able to kind of get breakfast, just in that short window right there, you know, the things that he was able to overcome and his attitude on life. So, so coach Morris was really the guy that gave me an opportunity. It's still really close with him to this day. Um, a lot of the kids from Howell, I try to, I try to send up to Johnson and Wales just to kind of meet him and get to know him. We have a, a kid that was really successful, Christian Murphy. He's wrestling up there right now and he develops a family aspect, but, but that guy, Jay Paisano, that guy changed my life forever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm so happy you're here doing this because that. <laughs> Like this is, these are the nuggets I want, yeah. you know, and, and these are the, the character building events that lead to, you know, the great person you are, you know, and without hearing these things, I think, you know, foundations and stories like this is, is what matters more than anything else. There's, there's always somebody else in the office that could answer a question True. In, in mortgages, in real estate, whatever. No one could replace the person at all and and i think i mean from what i'm getting out of all this story i mean it, it obviously i know you so it all makes sense to me right. you know what i mean it, <laughs> like all the it's all pieces to the puzzle that just fit but for anybody that don't know that doesn't know you um i think this shows a lot of your character and and how you have a no matter what i'm just gonna take this to the finish line even if I come out there bloody and bruised up and, <laughs> and beat up, but we're, we're going to get to the end. Absolutely. You know, and then I'll tell you for your kids that that's going to be an amazing thing for them to experience, you know, your, your hurdles and, and trials, yeah. you know, and, and they'll get their own, Absolutely. But, you know, it's, uh, for you professionally, I know, cause we've done work together that that carries, that all carries over. And that, that's a, that's a big deal. And, um, and you know, so we'll s switch gears cause I, I want to get now back into the professional part and, and you're, you know, moving from a brokerage to another brokerage, a, a mortgage. Do they call them brokerages? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, okay. It's either, it's either a broker or a, or a banker. Okay. Um, so some of the lenders out there are bankers. We're brokers, okay. which basically gives us access to wholesale lenders mm -hmm. and we can kind of find that fit for everybody. You could be, you know, really perfect on paper and then you, you go, you go one route. And if you're not so perfect on paper, we have, we have some, you know, answers there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're a broker, um, dynasty mortgage network again, through wrestling developed a relationship with a guy. He was able to see my true colors by coaching his kid. And he was very persistent with me and I was loyal to a fault and said, no, no, no. And, you know, finally I said, I had, I had a friend who basically told me that I'm the value. I have a hard time giving myself credit and, and you know, we're talking patting yourself on the back and stuff. I'm not like cocky or, you know, confident in, in different things. So it was basically this guy, his name is Oleg. He, he proved to me that he's got my family's best interest in mind. And he was basically telling me like, you can be really successful. Like you're really good at, at this and you're a really good person. He's like, I have the resources where you could, like we were talking about, spend more time with your family and still be, still be successful. Um, so the, the biggest factor is we have a system called Flowify, which is basically um, a mortgage portal which allows clients to just upload their documents. What was giving me a lot of anxiety and driving me nuts was like collecting the paper, collecting the documents. Mm -hmm. This is a very transparent right in front of you system. Sometimes people would send me their W-2, but they like took a picture of it and it wasn't clear. So, you know, I'd have to go back. Oh, you know, um, I appreciate you sending me your W-2, <laughs> but we need like, that doesn't work. Yeah. I can come to your house. And yeah. that's what I was doing. I was like, all right, get, just gather your stuff. I'll come to your house, make copies and, you know, we'll take it from there. Now it's very, it seems to be very easy for the client. Um, the process seems to be very easy. Um, I've been getting a lot of, um, my clients here basically saying like, thank you. You made this so easy. And I'm like, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. I because made the right choice. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And I know that my name and reputation are on the line on every one of these transactions, whether they go really well or whether they don't. 
my name and reputation is on the line. Mm -hmm. My boys, you know, things are on the line for them. You know, we got to eat. Absolutely. So it's like, if if I'm kind of still being myself, still being a nice guy, but not have an efficient process throughout the whole way, I'm not going to be getting those calls. Yeah. You, you know, because, get the repeat business. Now. Yeah. Sure. And, and I, I call like the lower rates right now, like barbecue braggers. So, you know, when rates were like in the high twos, you, you, I, I was hearing Monday, I was getting calls. Hey, I was just with so-and-so at a barbecue and I started calling it the barbecue bragger. Yeah. You know, they had a great rate. They had a great process and they're telling people about it. If my phone wasn't ringing Monday mornings, it was probably because maybe they were sitting at that same barbecue saying, yeah, Pete's a nice guy and all, but you know, the, the process was rough. I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do this, couldn't do that. So it's really, you know, about the process and just making sure that it's smooth and even transparent. You know, where this Flowify system, they could see, okay, I got my tax returns. I didn't get this updated pay stub. Okay. It's right there. So it'll, it'll show everything else is green that they have provided mm-hmm. and red would show they haven't provided it. Yeah. So they could see it. So that really kind of makes things easier on them, but it also kind of makes things easier for me. Sure. Um, which ultimately has led to a really smooth process. Yeah. So yeah. What, I think once people know what they need and it's, and they don't have to ask you anymore. I mean, right. you know, we live in this digital age where we don't want to talk to people if we don't have to. Unfortunately, I, yeah. you know, listen, Grubhub and all these other Amazon, you do things on your apps right. so that you could just get it done on your timeline right? and it's done. right? So, I mean, it's great that the company you're with has a way that people could log on when they have a chance, it could be right. one in the morning and say, oh, let me just knock this out real quick. Yep. And then you wake up and it's done. Exactly. You know, and it's a, and it's a way for you to say, hey, listen, just check the app, see if uh, if anything's needed, just try to tackle that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that makes your life easier. Exactly. Too. And, you know, in, in mortgages, it's all about how smooth the process feels for the client. Right. I've done refis, I've done purchases and- Different companies that the same person could have worked for right. had different nuances that either I liked or I hated. And um, and those things do matter because like you said, people will say, hey, listen, I like X, Y, Z, but the process was a pain in the but and then someone else will say, "Well, hey, I know X, Y, Z, and the process. I, I it was easy. It was easy. Are you I, making that call? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, people take that into consideration. Absolutely. So, but a part of being in business long enough and growing is that you become more comfortable in your shoes to know when to pivot and change, or um, you know, when there's something that might fit your needs better. And right. And, um, I'm happy you made that that choice and Appreciate I'm sure uh, you're going to end up having tons of success because of it. Hope so, man. <laughs> yeah, right? Appreciate it. I, I know you're, you're, uh, you're, the owner over there must be happy you're over there. Yeah, that, he, he definitely has been. He are you giving him a been. discount on uh, wrestling now? <laughs> 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 All right, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I've basically been giving him a discount the, the whole time. So yeah, you're a good dude. Yeah. Man. Um, you brought up COVID before. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about real quick. So prior to COVID, mm-hmm. pre-COVID, I mean, um, the market was doing pretty good. You know, it was like, it was, I, th- I think it was kind of stable. I don't know. It wasn't yeah. like crazy. I mean, it's not like it is now. Right. When COVID hit, I'm talking about it like at that moment. How? What was that feeling like in the mortgage field when there was all that unknown. Right. It was almost prior to COVID hitting. Cause you have to remember like coming out of the winter time, people aren't really doing as many purchases and whatnot, you know? So like each winter it's kind of like, all right, you know, refis, purchases here and there. And then I'm just kind of like, all right, like when is, when are we going to get out of this winter thing? And, and like, when's this spring market going to hit? Yeah. And it was almost like the spring market kind of hit Right around when COVID did, because people aren't going to open houses and stuff, searching for houses in the middle of February. It's just not happening. And then it was kind of like the spring market hit right around March and the refi boom hit 
like at the same time. So, um, the uncertainty and everything was probably about February. And then I didn't really have much time to think. It was more just respond. Um, I forgot what it was, but the Fed had like a zero interest rate. It had nothing to do with mortgages. Yeah, yeah, But there yeah. was a Sunday in February that I just so happened to be taking a nap and my phone blew up. And people were like, yo, I need that 0% mortgage. And I'm like, <laughs> dude. The bank's got to eat and then you could eat. So there's, there's not going to be a zero mortgage. Yeah. So I, I don't know what you're even watching. So I like turned on the news and it was like, oh, the Fed hit all time zero. You know, it had nothing to do with mortgages, but that created like a bunch of conversations. And then I think what stemmed from that was the rates kind of went down like at the same time. So it was just, I went from like, okay, what's next to just, I, I basically created like a wrestling dojo. We have a three season room in our, in our house. And I, I said to my wife, um, do you think I could put a wrestling mat in the house? And she's like, yeah, sure, babe. And I'm <laughs> like, all right. So I like set up like this wrestling dojo because I was doing zoom workouts because the kids were, were doing zoom and everything. Nobody could work out and you couldn't interact and anything. So we, we created this really cool thing and we were doing the lean mean quarantine. So what I did was that wrestling dojo, I just put a desk, a laptop and it's, it's outside of the house because you have to go through the back door. Uh -huh. So it was kind of like away from the chaos, the chaos of, of a baby kids, yeah. and a five year old and it gave Gave me some time to be able to kind of focus and, and, and be able to work from home. Um, and then that kind of went on for a while. And then it was like, I didn't have a printer. I didn't have a scanner. So it was like, like I was saying before, it became essential. So they were saying, okay, only essential workers are allowed on the road. Well, mortgages in my mind were essential. Like I had to go there. I needed the scanner. I needed the printer. I needed, you know, the office setting. There yeah. were things that needed to, to happen. So it was, it was kind of eerie because you're on the road and there's really no one around at all. You're passing like shopping plazas that are usually packed and there's just nobody around. So you're going to work and just kind of cranking stuff out. And people, I think being home started doing home renovations, which kind of stemmed a cash out refi. Um, the, the, the purchases were going nuts. The, sellers were looking to get top dollar for their home. So those sellers were selling, they needed a place to go. They were calling. So it was just like, it was, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. uh, th things got, things got wild for a while there. And then it kind of just stayed, stayed crazy. And then, you know, I was working from home, kind of going in and my wife was just kind of like, all right, you should probably just go to work. Like, <laughs> you know, like we, we had our fun, yeah. you know? So we ended up getting on News 12 New Jersey back then because um, I know a councilman in Howell and his, his wife works for News 12 New Jersey. And my son and I were writing positive messages on our fence. Yes. Yes. So we ended up getting on like News yeah. 12 New Jersey. They had like, oh, Mason Riley. And he's like super shy. <laughs> so we're like, hey, check this out. We have have News 12 New Jersey on, it says Mason Riley and he's like running to the other room. And like, <laughs> you know, but it was like, it was, it was crazy. We wrote kindness. We wrote stay positive, mm -hmm. but it just seemed like people needed, they needed that. They yeah. needed something positive, like my, myself included. Like it was the lean mean quarantine was every day at five o'clock. The kids needed it. I needed it. I needed a, an escape. I needed something to look forward to yeah, every single some day. Some kind because, of normality. Yeah. It yeah. was like, and the weather was bad back then too. Yeah. There were, there was a period of time where like it rained. It was like gray, dark and rainy, like every day. Yeah. And it was almost <laughs> like, you know, not to get really too graphic, but like Washington state, like it rains all the time. Yeah, People yeah. are depressed out there. Like we had the same stuff going on here. It was like, mm -hmm. can we get some sunlight? Can we go outside? <laughs> yeah. The media is telling us like, don't talk to people. Human beings don't excel by themselves. No. You know? And like, we're people, people, like we need people around. Need like, where's my people? Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, the, the high school kids kind of needed that too, you know? Um, so we, we, we did our zoom and, Work-wise, it, it was it was good. I, I found myself on the phone with people just listening to, to what was going on in their life. Mm -hmm. It was almost like, yeah, I was doing their mortgage, but they needed someone to talk to. Yeah. So I was just kind of, you know, having conversations with people. And they were telling me some like deep, dark things <laughs> that were going on and things that happened in their life. And I'm just like, dude, I just need your tax returns. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't say that. I'm just like, okay, wow, that's really, yeah. I'm so sorry that that happened. You know? <laughs> Therapy Zoom is at five. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
<laughs> but you become a therapist when you're you do. in this field. You, you do. Really you really do. do. You wear all hats. That was yeah. my favorite part of college was psychology and sociology mm-hmm. and getting to know the human beings, like what makes them tick and everything. And, you know, good, good and bad. But like I was saying, you're on lockdown. Like you, you have no, no other way to like, you know, release, escape, whatever it may be. Things were dark. It was rough. Yeah. But, um, but we got through it. And, and that's the thing. It's like, even my own personal things, anytime I have these down, dark, tough moments, the sun would rise. Good would come from yeah. that. So it's like as society overall, we had a really dark, rough, tough time, but we're going to get through it. I don't know yeah. when it's going to be and when we're going to have quote unquote normal back, but it's going to happen. And when it yeah. does, we're going to appreciate all those little things. Like I was telling you with my friend with cerebral palsy, all the things we take for granted, all these little things, yep. our perspective, I think was able to shift. Yeah. I think New Jersey, so high pace and go, 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 forget about it. F you yeah. where it was like, all right, now maybe we were taking for granted some of these uh, relationships or some of these people, different things that, you know, once the dust settles and, and we are back to real life, I hope that we could resort back to 2020 and say, oh man, you know what? We got through that. We can get through anything. Yeah. No, I had a real down moment personally, but I got through it. Yeah. So the down times, there's good to come. My friend that I coach wrestling with just shared something last night on Facebook where it was um, around Christmas time, the night before Christmas, they're trying to do this thing on Facebook where they're kind of like blasting out positivity and things that, you know, by that time, it's almost going to be 2021. And we can look back and say, man, we got through that. Yes. Like, we got through that right. little time <laughs> together moving forward. Yeah. Now let's take everything we just learned and now let's try to be better. Yeah. That one, that's, that's the hope and prayer. Hope. Yeah. That, that people build off of the, the rough yeah. 2020 that we've had and, and you, you, you create a better 2021. Absolutely. Know? It's, it's been one hell of a year, but so now what is the market like now for you guys? The market right now, it seems like people try to get in the door by September to get their kids in school. So usually around September, we see things kind of slow down a little bit, but the conversations I'm having and, you know, I still got people out there shopping. Um, I've been in touch with somebody who is selling their home and um, they were originally going to list it at like 275, but it just needed a little bit of love. So I basically, as a friend, I'm not even involved in this transaction, but as a friend, I said, listen, if you power wash and you take out some of these trees and stuff that you have, and you give this thing some curb appeal, I think it could really help your value. So they went ahead and did that and took a few weeks. They ended up just getting um, a cash offer for two ninety five. They had a lot of traffic in the house. So I think there's still more people out there shopping than there is inventory. Definitely. Um, I think the refis are still really going strong. There's still plenty of people out there that have a rate in the fours or, or in the fives or in the high threes. There's still people out there that are paying mortgage insurance that the value has gone up. So I think, I think overall things are still, Still, still really good. And I think the market is still, still really hot. Um, uh, did you have any sort of real estate transactions going on while all this crazy with the bidding wars yeah, and whatnot? I, like, um, like what was happening with the appraisals? Like it was almost like, it was almost like people were taking the bidding competition and like almost biting off more than they could chew just to win the competition. Yeah. But then it was like, all right, once the competition's over, you're under contract. Now you still need to be able to afford that home, but the appraisal still needs to come in. Yeah. And most of the time, in order to win the bid now, you have to waive the appraisal or you have to say, <clears throat> just say you, you're you buying a home and it's listed, it's 700000 You you said 750000 and you get it. Even though it might be only a seven hundred thousand dollar home, I think a lot of uh, a lot of agents are now either waiving the appraisal and you have to bring extra cash, or they're saying if it doesn't appraise for at least seven thirty, right? Then we have right to you know, but up from seven hundred to seven thirty, it could still it could appraise at seven hundred, you know, at uh, seven thirty one, right? 
even though it's 20,000 under appraised value, they're they're bringing in. You have a lot of this is all New York money, and they're coming in cash. They're coming right. in heavy, you yeah. know. And they're and they're people from New York are used to overpaying. So true. We're people from New Jersey. We, we we're not <laughs> right, and they're coming in, and they're like, yeah, I don't care, four hundred thousand, four four twenty five, four fifty, yeah, and I'll I'll close whenever you want to close, yeah. And they're you know, and that's basically right now that. You, you almost have to waive the appraisal contingency. You almost have to waive home inspection. I mean, it it's all for your own information. You know, right. it's it's crazy out there now. Um, I'm glad I'm doing the inspections now and not the buy end. Yeah, I mean, the sell end. If you're if you're a selling agent right now, oh my, this gosh. is like hitting the lottery. Right? If you could get someone to 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 list with you, yeah. Forget it. Like it's almost no work, really. Right. I mean, it really because you have you have the drug of choice right now, exactly, and people need it. You yeah, know, they're they're feeding high demand, exactly. So, on the other end, if you're the buying agent, you're running around like crazy, throwing yeah. in offers everywhere, and you're hoping that your buyer is aggressive enough to to get in the game, or you're really just wasting your time. Yeah. So it, it's it's a tough market, man. It, it definitely really is. is. I, I have seen that a lot for the people who are pre-approved and out there trying to shop and they're just, you know, they're strong on paper, but some of them are con are contingent on the sale of another house. Yeah, that's another like, thing. Show me the money. Like home sale contingency here. You, you almost you're almost better off selling your house yeah. and, and living with your in-laws or your, your yeah. parents and then purchasing another home because people don't want to even hear home sale contingency. Like right now, the it's all about the the highest and best offer. You know, right. like what is highest the best? best? So if there's no home sale contingency. That guy's coming in fifty percent cash. You know, he's coming in thirty thousand over over asking. He could close whenever I want. Okay, that that's the winner. Yeah, you know, compared to the person that's coming in three percent FHA, right? <laughs> and they want to close in forty five days, it's right? Like, nah, sorry, Not happening. it's it's tough. It's tough right now, and it is. I think eventually it's yeah. It, it, Everything's going to level off, right? And eventually, the you know that influx is going to calm down, and the market will, you know, kind of level off. I don't. I mean, we're definitely not in the same boom that we were last time. This right. isn't an. This is a money boom. Like these people are right. coming in with money, right? Um. So that's a good thing. Um. But the values are now getting inflated, and that's not so great for people that are trying to get into homes. True. Um. Listen, we got so much to talk about, and we're. We're freaking blown through time. Before we wrap up, I want to talk about Preacher, Pete the Preacher, real quick. How did that happen? That happened because getting back to me crying again. So <laughs> we were at the rehearsal dinner. Um, no, it wasn't the rehearsal. It was um, it was like one of the dinners where uh, the bridal part shower something like that we're like the we engagement all met. party the engagement party yeah. okay so we're at the engagement party for brianne and mike and i'm an emotional guy <laughs> you know so like they're up there like hugging kissing whatever like the, I, I think her dad hank who's a great guy he like gave a speech and stuff and like my eyes were kind of like watering yeah. a little bit and, <laughs> and she like saw me and she basically said like you are like the nicest you are like the nicest guy i've ever met we want you to officiate our wedding. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I go to universallifechurch.com. They send me, you know, what needs to be done. And then it was almost back to like getting scared before a wrestling match. Like I built this thing up. Like I was about to speak on national television and <laughs> 4 million Patrick's people were going to, yeah, right? like I made it so much more than it needed to be. But I practiced like every day and just get a knot in my stomach. Feel like I have to throw up just thinking about it. And then like, I finally get up there like the day is here i'm so nervous i'm sweating so i finally get up there and like you could hear it in my voice that i was like nervous <laughs> and then i i get to a point where nobody realized that i just said the same thing over again i don't think but i did so i basically you, re you read the same line twice yeah so so out loud i go oh i just said that this is my first time and once i said that i was like Everything was at ease. I was like, okay. You're able to deflate. I got this. Yeah. So I kind of deflated. I got through it. Everything was great. People were like laughing at that part of it. 
And then at the end, I said, by the power vested in me, by the state of New Jersey and Universal Life Church, hallelujah. I had that like into my speech. I yeah. knew that I was going to say hallelujah at that part. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was basically how the Pastor Pete thing started. I don't know if I'll ever officiate a wedding again. If I do, $250 in Venmo, PayPal, cash, check. You could get a man, Pete Riley, NTGS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hit him up on Instagram. We're going to yep. start a new Instagram for you. Seriously. Pete, Pete, Pete Preacher Pete or Pete the Preacher. I don't know which one. They both go so well together. Pastor Pete's been Pastor Pete. pretty well too. Pastor Pete. That's your... Oh exactly. my God. I absolutely love it. All right. So um, before we wrap up, let everybody know... Uh, hold on. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. First, we got a couple minutes real quick. I want to learn a couple things that I don't know about you that I didn't ask last time. I want to know, what's your favorite football team? Favorite football team growing up was the Kansas City Chiefs, which is tough when you're from New Jersey. Yeah. So I kind of like jumped on the Giants bandwagon and <laughs> then I kind of jumped off that bandwagon and went right back on the Chiefs. So yeah. I basically- You're better off with the Chiefs yeah, right, so now. Like, yeah. right now. Yeah, right now. That organization has, talk about, about coming it. through adversity. Oh yeah. Like I'm talking like playoff loss after loss. Like they'd have the best regular season ever and then they lose first round. Yeah. But like my dad, like he didn't care. Like he's a Chiefs fan since the seventies. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a Giants fan, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then now I like hit him up with like chief stuff. I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, Monday mornings. It's like stay back so, up there with the Giants. So yeah, depending on the season and depending <laughs> on who's playing, I have a backup plan. So it's yeah. either the Chiefs or the Giants. Yeah. I have no backup plan. It's the Giants. It's the Giants. <laughs> it's been tough. What's, uh, what's your favorite car? Favorite car it seems to be, I always was really intrigued by a Mustang, but I can't see myself purchasing a Mustang because you got to put car seats in there and so it's just not well, a good look. about the car seats. So I would say, yeah. I like, would say- You didn't have to range, worry. I would say Range Rover. I would, I would say a uh, minivan. Right. Because it's, it's fuel efficient and it's yeah. plenty of room for exactly. all the equipment. <laughs> all the activities, sliding doors. Yeah, right. You never have to worry about bumping into another car. <laughs> Forget. If you didn't have to worry about these darn kids, like- If I didn't have to worry about the darn kids, yeah. I would I would probably go with um, either that that G uh, Mercedes truck uh -huh. like Fifty Cent had one in the videos back in the oh, day. Yeah. There's something about that truck that that's been like the go to. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I used to really like Range Rovers too, but I think if I had if I had a choice, I would go with the, the Mercedes luxury one. Yeah, me too. I love <laughs> I love them both. I just need to do more home inspections. Make sure you go to TimpanyInspections.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I can get my luxury so car. I can get that car. So my wife can because I'm. I'm only driving around in the truck yeah, doing home inspections. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I got I got to pay for the damn thing. <laughs> yep. Um what's your favorite sport? I think we all know what it is. Favorite sport is wrestling. I played football ever since I was a kid and what I position? played lacrosse. I was a running back in football, but yeah. I was always like really small. Yeah, but listen, small yeah. I, I I think small running backs are are Right? Freaking huge because you get behind those big linemen, you can't see the guy. It's so true. Why do you want a big running back? I want a small guy that right. could cut in between right. these 300 pound, you know, giants. It's true. And then you look, you're like, oh crap, the guy just went freaking right by me. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I think small, the smaller you are, like, uh, what's his name? He just, uh, I can't remember the game. The other, the other day, he's like five foot six. He's running back. Called the pass over the giants. Forget it. Uh, who'd they play? Um, uh, that's how the yeah, Giants are. Oh, the Eagles got him. Forget it. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> no, like Christian McCaffrey. But yeah. but sports-wise, look, I played lacrosse in high school, which mm -hmm. was a new sport to the area. And I yeah. loved lacrosse. And I knew my role. My role was uh they called my line the Hansen brothers. Like I wasn't uh -huh. I wasn't a starter. My role was like to lay dudes out and get ground balls. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I could do this. No <laughs> yeah, problem. This sounds fun. And talking about being coachable, I did. I always people would always say, You're so coachable, which your second string, you yeah, know, but, like I was second string, like, what, like, yeah, but, but how many kids don't even try? Yeah, so, that's what I mean. So, so I was you, like, hey, you tried and you became second string. Like, yeah. That's still great. Yeah, it, it was cool, but it was like, you know, coachable wasn't really what you wanted to hear when you're the second string. But like, <laughs> yeah. they were like, dude, this is your role. And I just took my role and embraced it. I didn't have the best stick skills. I wasn't yeah. scoring goals. I didn't play. A lot of kids transitioned from hockey, but Freehold Township didn't have hockey, so they played lacrosse. The kids were yeah. really, really good. Our team was great, but I knew my role. Yeah, everyone. Listen, it. there's a role for everybody. Exactly. And what would be your favorite piece of advice to give people, I don't care if it's mortgages, wrestling, whatever, what's your favorite piece of advice? 
My favorite piece of advice would be to find some sort of discomfort. If if things are coming really, really easy to you, then maybe you need to level up and maybe you need to to figure out, you know, something that's that's tough for you and work towards it, fail, but be able to be able to overcome those obstacles. So I would say find failure, find adversity as uncomfortable as it is. And it's terrible in the moment. A lot of good comes from it. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. Um, where can people find you? Give out all your information. People can find me on Facebook at Peter Riley. Um, my Instagram is Pete Riley MTGS, the abbreviation for mortgages. I'm on LinkedIn under Peter Riley. Find me on my cell. Find me at dynastymortgagenetwork.com. <laughs> there you go. Um, Instagram, what you're on? Did you say Instagram? Already? Yeah, Instagram yep. is Pete Riley MTGS. Did you give him your email address? My email address is Peter R. At dynastymn.com. Okay. Go to go to Pete Riley M. <laughs> Pete Riley MTGS. That'll probably get you everywhere else. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You have a link to your site on there also? Not yet, but I you, can. Yeah. Make sure you do that. So gotta get on Pete, that. Yeah, gotta get on that. We'll do that now. <laughs> right, Pete, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It is always a pleasure getting together with you. And uh hopefully the audience gets a glimpse of the guy that I know. And um, like in the end of the day, I'm sure that no matter who works with you is going to have a phenomenal experience. I appreciate so, that, man. I so. appreciate the opportunity of season two to keep being yeah, great, man. man. Thank you keep so much. Keep by example. <laughs> well, listen, many, many years of success and uh, congratulations on your new position. So I appreciate I'm it. excited man. that you're here. Appreciate it. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. And I would like to thank everyone for listening to the show. My name is Mikey T. Michael Anthony Timpani as my mama named me. You can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at First Timers Podcast Show. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at The Home Advisor Pro and follow my two companies at Timpani and Specs and my brother company at FTJ Builders celebrating over 20 years in business. A link to all the websites can be found on the social sites. Please leave a review on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play. Share and subscribe to our weekly podcast. Message us with any questions or topics you would like to hear. And if you're a professional that could bring some value to our audience, please contact me. Together we can learn and grow. I like to end with a quote. And this quote is by Oprah Winfrey. And I'm not giving out inspections like she gives out cars, but I love this quote. The more you praise and celebrate your life, the more there is in life to celebrate. Like God it. bless everybody and have an amazing, amazing day. <laughs> <laughs>